hello and uh, welcome to the Manda Hadley podcast. Um, today I'm joined by Peter Burden, who is uh, head of the family law department at Manda Hadley. So welcome, Peter. Um, and we're talking about the effects of um, COVID-19 uh, and, and families in particular. So the pandemic has presented significant challenges, I think, for, for all of us. From the beginning of the first lockdown in March, we've faced the reality, I guess, of loved ones passing, businesses closing, furlough, redundancies. Um, ultimately, all of this has put a strain on some relationships. Um, now, family dynamics, Peter, can be challenging at the best of times, um, but the pressure of spending an increased amount of time at home, whether working from home, um, children not being in school or other reasons, I think uh, relationships and family life have been put under more significant strain than ever this year. Um, so what I'd like to do is, is have a, a chat to you about these effects and, and how they relate um, to family matters. Um, so can, can we talk through, first of all, Peter, what was the effect um, from what you've seen with the clients um, that, that you're working with um, of lockdown on family life? Well, hello, Joe. Um, it has certainly been a challenging year for us all with the impact of the uh, virus um, being felt across the world, changing our work, family and home lives. This has put additional stress on marriages and for those couples whose relationship has broken down, it's obviously presented unique challenges. For many people, the prospect of continuing to live together during lockdown, despite a relationship breakdown, has been a, an unfortunate reality. Financial stress has also had a considerable impact on our lives this year, with many businesses and individuals impacted by the pandemic, resulting in struggles with personal finances. In particular, couples who have already been experiencing marital tensions may have found past few months particularly difficult, the effects of the lockdowns and financial worries adding to an already difficult situation. The breakdown of a relationship can, of course, be a hugely stressful time. Okay, so um, I guess one of the immediate questions that separated parents um, could be asking is what about contact arrangements and particularly with the relevant restrictions in place? How, how does that work? Well, to start with, there was a certain amount of confusion with um, separated parents often taking different approaches. Some parents stopping contact and others being able to cooperate to ensure that contact could, could continue. The confusion prompted the government to issue guidance to say that where parents didn't live in the same household, children under 18 can be moved between their parents' homes as an exception to the social distancing rules. This was quickly followed by a statement issued by the senior family law judge to confirm the guidance. But what does this mean in practice? Well, what it doesn't mean is that children necessarily have to be moved between homes. Parents should take decisions based on a full assessment of circumstances, such as the health of the child and the vulnerability of others in the household. Importantly, where there is a child arrangements order in place and parents agree to vary temporarily the terms of an order, then it is best to record this in a note, email or text message to the other parent. If both parents cannot agree on a variation of the terms of an order, but one of them is concerned that complying with the terms would be against advice from Public Health England, then they can decide to vary the arrangements to ensure that the children are safe. 
but a word of warning, such a decision by parents could be examined after the event by the family court, which expects parents to have acted reasonably and according to current guidance. In practice, where a child arrangements order has been varied so that one parent doesn't see a child, the court would expect alternatives such as regular video calling to be put in place. Informal and agreed childcare arrangements are also allowed to continue for children under 14 and care bubbles have been allowed to form to, to allow families to share caring responsibilities with another household as long as they are regular and consistent. Okay, so a media report um, highlighted, um, and obviously this has been over the news as well, that the, the impact that a prolonged period of isolation has had on domestic abuse in the UK. Um, so in your experience, what, what's that been? Well, soon after the introduction of the first lockdown, it became apparent that um, prolonged periods of isolation had led to increasing domestic abuse instances and research published by the BBC Panorama programme in collaboration with Women's Aid showed that two thirds of women in abusive relationships reported having suffered more violence from their partners throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. More than three quarters meanwhile said that the enforced lockdown had made it harder for them to escape the abuse and over nine in 10 respondents said the pandemic had negatively impacted them in at least one way. Uh, the charity Respect also saw a demand from its male victim advice line increase by 65%. Reports of the increase in domestic abuse prompted the government to issue guidance to say that victims at risk of domestic abuse are permitted to leave the home to seek support despite social distancing measures. Refuges have remained open and the police have confirmed that they will provide support to all individuals who are being abused whether physically, emotionally or otherwise. So it's important therefore that anyone finding themselves the victim of domestic abuse is provided with opportunities and support to find suitable self-contained accommodation where they can self-isolate until they seek the necessary support and legal advice. This may mean applying through the courts for a non-molestation order to protect themselves, possibly also for an occupation order to require the other party to leave the property and prevent them from returning. It's also reported that calls to the National Society for the Prevention of uh, Cruelty to Children, the NSPCC, about domestic abuse rocketed by nearly 50% during the first lockdown. Research has also revealed that the lockdown increased the risk of domestic abuse for older people. Such abuse victims are likely to be more dependent on the uh, person abusing them financially or for their care. They will also face barriers for reporting the abuse, such as the lack of physical and mental capacity and the lack of access to digital or other services. Okay, well, I guess this year has been pretty challenging for everyone, but particularly for married couples whose relationship has broken down. Um, what's the effect of this year been on divorce rates? Well, another effect of the pandemic and the uh, lockdowns has been on divorces, of course. Uh, divorce inquiries were reported to have surged following the introduction of the first lockdown compared to the same period the previous year. This is perhaps not surprising given the lockdown may have caused irreversible tension between couples who are considering divorcing before the pandemic began. 
Divorce can be a difficult decision at the best of times and concerns about finances and employment, coupled with the fact that households are having to spend an increased amount of time together, can add strain on relationships. However, divorce is a life-changing decision for all concerned, and so it's important that couples do not go into a divorce lightly and purely as a result of the current situation we find ourselves in. Couples who have already been experiencing marital tensions may have found the past few months particularly difficult with the effects of lockdown and financial worries adding to an already difficult situation. The breakdown of a relationship can be a hugely stressful time. And with many more people now opting for um, separation agreements, um, what, what do you think the reasons are behind that? Yes, well, as an alternative to divorce, more couples are considering entering into a separation agreement, which is sometimes known as a deed of separation. This can be used where a couple cannot or prefer not to divorce straight away, but wish to record the issues arising from their separation that, that, that they have been able to agree between themselves. The agreement can record that a couple intends to live separately, and may also refer to a divorce taking place at some stage in the future. Importantly, the agreement will also usually deal with financial arrangements such as the sale or transfer of the family home and maintenance. Arrangements for the children can also be included in the separation agreement, such as how much time they spend with each parent and child maintenance payments. For a couple of separated but still temporarily live under the same roof, then the separation agreement can deal with short-term financial arrangements such as a payment of mortgage and bills, it can even cover, even cover living arrangements within the house. Arrangements for the children can be included within the separation agreement, such as how much time they spend with each parent and child maintenance. However, it's important that certain procedural requirements are met for a separation agreement to be recognised by the courts. Record hearings currently being delayed or being held remotely, there will be inevitably be a backlog of cases to deal with, which can delay the conclusion of proceedings. And this is where a separation agreement may be a helpful option. So given the current situation, um, have you seen a rise in the number of prenuptial agreements being made? Well, of course, the pandemic has uh, had an effect on weddings and civil partnerships with guidance being issued, restricting numbers who can attend, and so resulting in many being postponed. This has had a knock-on effect on prenuptial agreements, which over the last few years have proved to be increasingly popular, providing both partners with security and a practical solution to any future problems that may arise if they separate. Okay, I've been hearing quite a lot in the in the news about no fault divorce. Um, so what is that and, and how does it affect proceedings? Well, given the additional uh, stress created by the pandemic, uh, many couples may be looking for a quick, clean break with a minimum of acrimony. Uh, currently, a person petitioning for divorce must provide one of five reasons to demonstrate that their marriage is broken down irretrievably namely either adultery, unreasonable behaviour, desertion for at least two years, two-year separation with the consent of both parties, or five-year separation without consent. Divorces are currently taking between three and six months, although they can be delayed if a financial settlement can't be agreed. 
no-fault divorces will mean that there is a no fault associated with the divorce, uh, but these aren't due to become law until the autumn of 2021. Okay, so um, what other options um, are available then, Peter? And, and is mediation a realistic option for many couples? This is interesting. Uh, mediation is not only a practical option, but it's still readily available despite local restrictions, because sessions can be arranged via video conference meetings, allowing couples to work through the practical matters that need to be resolved. So if you are about to go through a separation, then mediation can help as it provides the opportunity to discuss practical matters such as your finances or children in a neutral setting. Couples turn to mediation once the relationship has broken down, not to get back together, but to sort out the practicalities of a separation or divorce without a bitter court battle. With the coronavirus pandemic having a significant impact on many aspects of our lives, including childcare and finances, mediation could help you to find a solution that helps you to retain control of the separation process. Well, you might ask, what are the benefits of mediation? Well, there are several key benefits associated with mediation, including being able to make your own decisions over the separation process, as well as minimising legal and court costs. Throughout the process, the lines of communication remain open and conflict is reduced, enabling you to make calm, collected decisions that are amicable and suitable for the future. However, mediation is not usually suitable if you have suffered domestic violence or abuse from your partner. As an initial meeting with clients, we can have a discussion about whether mediation might be appropriate for you, considering your personal circumstances or whether another route may be more suitable. Okay, well, as we know, many people have suffered financial hardship um, during this pandemic. So what impact has, has this had on divorcing or uh, former couples, particularly with, with maintenance orders in mind? Well, as you say, the pandemic has also resulted in problems with couples who have already gone through the divorce process uh, and are faced with financial hardships, creating issues with maintenance orders. Results of uh, people being furloughed, taking pay cuts, being made redundant due to the economic impacts of COVID-19 is that many orders may have to be reviewed. Someone subject to an order to pay spousal maintenance can no longer afford to do so, then the onus is on them to raise it at the earliest opportunity with their ex-spouse as they are legally bound to keep making the payments until an agreement is reached to vary the amount paid or cease it completely. If an agreement to reduce payments is known as a downwards variation is reached, then that should be recorded in writing and an email is sufficient to confirm this. It's also wise to file a so-called consent order at court to record the change in payment arrangements. And if an ex-spouse is unwilling to discuss a downward variation, even temporarily, then you should seek legal advice. Again, mediation as well as arbitration may be helpful to deal with disputes, but as a last resort option, an application can be made to the court. It's also to bear, important to bear in mind that such global emergencies may not be, must not be used as an excuse by a paying party to have a payment holiday or to force downwards the variation permanently. Okay, Peter, that's been, that's been really helpful. Thank you. Um, so just to finalise off, um, how, how can Manda Hadley help 
couples in, in these situations? Well, if uh, you need any help or advice on divorce, separation, maintenance, prenuptial agreements, children issues, then please do not hesitate to contact me, Peter Burden, at Amanda Hadley on uh, 01926 857 631 or by email at peterburden at mandahadley.co.uk. And uh, further information about our services can be found on our website at www.mandahadley.co.uk. Lovely. Thanks very much, Peter. Okay, it's a pleasure.